Welcome to Welcome to the Gun Show. I'm joined by Tarek. Have asked me, Hotties. Who's back to interesting greetings. I'm glad that's back. <laughs> so we haven't had one of those in... Uh, six months. Fuck six months. Mm. If, yeah, something like that. Fuck. We, we, were, we were off the air for almost as long as we were on the air. So... <laughs> Close enough. Um, is there uh, is there anything we need to like talk about or announce before we roll into the actual topic for tonight? Um, I think when this comes out, there will still be Steve Anderson will still be here. So, and I think you can still get the discount on the um, uh, mental management. Um, so, if you use the discount code hashtag my nipples are sore, um, it's two and a half grand instead of two thousand seven hundred and fifty rand. You did just ruin the game, though. Why? Because last week's one, I think the the discount code, which was different to that one, but I can't recall what it was, um, was like I don't know, seventy minutes into the show, and I didn't put it in the show notes. All I said was there is a discount code somewhere in the recording. <laughs> Sorry, that's fine. We're we're trying to fill up all the the remaining spaces, so I'm I'm guessing earlier in the show is better than later in the show. So. You you know now where to uh, where to find the code and what to do with that code. You need to email Shanene at I don't know one of the seven places she has email addresses at. Yeah, Shanene Van Halen at the internet dot com. Yes, that'll get you to her. Just on that, uh, interesting. This is hang on, where is this stupid thing? There was. This is Thursday night, so the previous episode with Shanene came out on Monday morning, so there's four days of, of listens so far. That's done 205 downloads slash listen, and has hit, you find this, 13 countries. Hmm. So, That's interesting. Thanks, guys. Is, is our listener in Vietnam back? Uh, he's not. Fuck. So there's South Africa, US, Oz, UK, Kino Faso, interesting, Mali, uh, Austria, Belgium, Canada, Denmark, Finland, India, and New Zealand. Maybe he's moved to Burkina Faso. Maybe. Maybe he works for like Doctors Without Borders or something. Maybe he did move there and, and recruited a friend because there's two lessons from there. <laughs> Fuck me. Do they have, do they, I mean, they have guns everywhere, but do they have like, Legal guns in Burkina Faso. I, I don't know. Well, define legal. <laughs> is, is it an IPSC region? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if that answers the question or not. Um, but I don't so know. your next discount code <laughs> is email Shanae and tell her if Burkina Faso is an IPSC region. Um, yes. Do that. Um, also, I would like to say that I only saw one photo. So proud of you guys for not actually doing this. But I saw one photo of someone who wrote on a toilet for a good time with Steve Anderson call and had the real phone number on there. So, <laughs> And by the real phone number? We mean the real phone number. Oh, are we not talking about the same one? Which one are we talking about? There was one with my phone number. Oh, fuck. I didn't realize that. That We're talking about the same one. Apparently, for a good time, called Tarek. Yeah. Uh, not. I, I completely missed that. I thought that was her phone number. Dude, 
Did you call, buy a, a, a bottle of whiskey called a refill butt? Yes. Like my inner beavers and butt is like, you <coughs> said butt, refill butt. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Aren't you glad that I didn't post this photo of the toilet with a, for a good time call on the internet? Yes, yes, I am. Because then everyone would have your phone number. <clears throat> yes. I'm so glad that you told me that because I was going to say, <laughs> hang on, guys, I'll just share it in the group quickly. Um, I don't do that. But yeah, I, I, I won't do that. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's as good as it never happened, except for everyone that knows where that toilet actually is. I, in fact, do know where that toilet is. <laughs> I, I don't want to know, but I'm glad <laughs> you know. <laughs> I have been where that toilet is. Oh, Cornelius just disappeared. What the fuck just happened? For some reason, instead of Cornelius' normal happy face, I now have his American corporate profile picture smiling face. Like, I give a fuck. Yeah, but I also lost audio, so you probably can't hear me. I can hear you perfectly. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I don't know what the fuck happened there. Um, should we ask our Should we ask our IT guy? That's probably not a bad idea. Uh, Corn, what happened there? I don't fucking know. That's weird. But that is a really good question, T. I'm so glad that you asked. Anytime. I'm all about the insightful questions. I don't know. <laughs> so, something's unhappy. If you lose me, just keep talking. Oh, fuck, that's out of character for me. Uh, yes, I know. But I'm sure you'll manage. Cock. Um, listen, listen, listen. Oh. It's the most expensive hammer drop I've ever bought. Your, you, your firing pin is broken. <laughs> I hear the click, but I don't hear the bang. <laughs> <laughs> If, if, um, so yeah, there was just... save some money and send Tarek uh, a, a new firing pin for a uh, ninety-two. Yes, please. Thank you. And maybe another one because I like this one and I wouldn't mind another one. Maybe one of the grey ones. Do they make grey firing pins for it? No, I mean a grey M nine A three. I don't. Because I need two, then I can dual wield this shit. Or if you get me an FDE one, I can put like an FDE light on it, and then I can go like. Completely fucking be kind of cool. Like sad, but cool. Yeah, I, I think that would be sad. <clears throat> but <laughs> moving along from Jared doing the uh, Akimbo with uh, 292s. Dude, I grew up watching a lot of John Woo movies. <laughs> <laughs> Beretta's Akimbo is, you know. Some, some, some of those were pretty cool. I <laughs> Cool stuff. Uh, was there anything else we had to announce other than there's still space there? When no, it's just, just training. Uh, it'll be the Saturday before you listen to this. Okay, so it's worthless him telling you that. Um, uh, I need to set some dates for uh, for the next one, but it'll probably be after uh, Handgun Nationals, which is shockingly close. I think it's only like two or three weeks away, isn't it? Yeah, it's something ridiculous like that. Uh, something like that. So there's this weekend, uh, next weekend, weekend off, and then it's the weekend after that. So, yeah. Okay, so there is a little bit more time than I thought there was, but yeah, not a lot. So, there's yes, Good stuff. And uh, you're teaching dot stuff on Saturday, this Saturday. So the Saturday 
before you guys listen to this. So yes. Cool. And then, what are you planning on teaching? Uh, I I wanted I need to do a handgun fundamentals. There is the uh, the carbine course I put together that uh, everyone wanted, and then we had to move. So hopefully we can get a few more guys together and get that happening. Um, yeah, so those are probably the next two uh, I have in mind. Awesome. So get on the carbine class. I don't know when that's going to be, but uh, not a hell of a lot of guys teaching, or that I've seen at least teaching rifle at the moment. I know Adrian's done some courses. Yeah, recently. Adrian does some really, really good carbine I stuff. I haven't seen uh, much else. Yeah, I mean, doesn't mean other people don't do it. I just, I just haven't seen anything else, so. Adrian's my default recommendation if you're not going to train with me. <laughs> cool. I will get in contact with Adrian. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> I mean, the next person who stands next to me and then recommends someone else's fundamentals course may get backhanded. Okay, the next time you guys shoot with me and T and we're together, please come up and ask for course recommendations. <laughs> 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 I got you, fam. Um, gonna be ending like Lucas Botkin. You fly out to the states to go train with him, and Terry's like, uh, "I'm standing next to you." Yeah. Why are you making bad recommendations when I'm standing next to you? I have so many Lucas Botkin jokes to say, but I don't really want to have to deal with the libel case, even if it is <laughs> true. Um. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's not libel if uh, if it's true, but. Um, yeah, but you know, I don't, I don't know how American libel laws work, and lawyers are expensive. And no matter, we're not there. <laughs> I mean, I'm not worried about him flying out and shooting me because his editor probably can't get a visa. Um... <laughs> Fuck, that's funny. Okay, <laughs> is that all? We've got like six months of douchebaggery to make up for here. Exactly, and and we're we're off to a good start. I will tell you. <laughs> Righty. cool are you ready to like head into the uh main topic we have like uh, like an hour and 10 minutes before we we're 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 in the heart of darkness this episode brought to you by a brief gap in corn and myers load shedding mm-hmm. because yes brief being the operative word there because the functional infrastructure is for other countries apparently allegedly <laughs> right. So, thought we'd talk tonight about uh, some things relating to sport shooting, um, very specifically IPSEC. Um, this should apply theoretically across uh, disciplines. So, whether you're shooting rifle, pistol, PCC, uh, shotgun, mini rifle, whatever revolver gets competed in with. So, whatever uh, of those things you're shooting doesn't really matter. The stuff should- isn't revolver now an action air because they're both equally stupid. <laughs> Yes, but it's much more impressive when you hit that little fucking plastic disc at half a meter with a 357 than it is when you hit it with a little BB. So maybe we should go shoot some action air. But we have to shoot major revolvers, though. Okay, so Smith Model 29s it is. <laughs> or X-Frames. I'm, I'm going to be slower than everyone that, that's shooting uh, airsoft, but boy, is it going to be cool. You're going to be louder and you're going to have more fun. <laughs> and I will actually have ear pro on. So, what? Maybe the competition won't be as, as fierce if you go first because they won't be able to hear. 
I mean, that would be pretty cool. Okay. This, in, so, also, this is a very serious show. This is a very seriously comedic show. Um, it should be, regardless of what discipline you're shooting within EPSEC, this should apply. This might even apply to some, some other disciplines where, where this stuff also matters. I don't know what those would be. But I'm There'd be a on. degree in IDPA, assuming that's still happening anyway. Yeah, that's what I said. I, I don't know what other sports there would be that this would apply in. But I don't think that IDPA is. I don't know. Um, I mean, theoretically, this stuff also, to some degree, and we'll, I'll actually tell you the topics in the moment, theoretically also de- applies to uh, something like Steel Challenge to, to a smaller degree. Because if you're doing something um, silly on purpose, like shooting the outside target, the outside target, the inside target on the left, and then the out- inside target on the right, and then the center like that, that that hurts. Okay. <clears throat> We're talking about things that people do when they're shooting stages that, that actually hurts them, whether they know that they're doing that or not, and whether they realize that, that hurts them or not. We're talking about things like target order. So what order should you be shooting targets in? And realize that there will be exceptions to all these things. There will be times and stages where it makes sense to do it the weird way around, but generally there is a there's a good pattern that you should try and follow where you're going to be most efficient if you do it in a particular way. Um, we're going to talk about choosing plans where you're going to shoot more points per second on average, so where you're spending more of the stage time shooting and less of the stage time doing other stuff. We're going to talk about um, things like myths with guys selecting specific targets to start or end on just based on what type of target it is and nothing else regardless of difficulty uh, or purely based on difficulty regardless of logic. Uh, we're going to talk about things like making targets harder um, by accident, so you're not realizing that you're doing things that are making your shots actually harder. Uh, we're going to talk about the execution part of stage plans, so where it is better, or in, in my opinion, better to execute stage plan 100%, even if it's a 50% plan, versus executing a 100% plan with 50% uh, commitment to it, or 50% of what you could possibly do there. And then we're going to talk about things like uh, moving targets, targets where you have very specific foot placement in order to be able to shoot them, what happens if you overrun that, uh, disappearing targets, moving targets, um, targets that change position from which you can shoot them, like drop turners, that kind of stuff. So that is a fuck ton of stuff. Hopefully, Terry has something to say about all these things. I'm going to mute myself and uh, <laughs> go drink heavily. I'll be back in an hour and seven minutes to turn the recording off. <laughs> I'm playing. So, <laughs> yeah, when when Corn came up with the, this idea, I thought it was actually quite a good one. Um, and I think he's hit one of the important things sort of early on. So I think it's something that we do need to discuss early on. Sometimes guys put too much credence on stage planning. Um, unless your stage plan is really stupid, um, and that's kind of what we, we're going to discuss today. Um, it's not often going to make a dramatic difference. You know, you, you get the the vehement sort of arguments about, you know, you, you have to always do this and you have to do that. And, um, you know, and, unless you're, and, unless you're doing something really stupid, it, it's not going to be the, the, the biggest sort of issue. Um, but by the same token, it, it adds up. Um, you know, we, 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 we watched some shooters who were solid shooters, who kind of hurt themselves on stages, not by doing one big, um, you know, 
I ran all the way to left and ran all the way to the right and then ran to the middle, then ran back. Nothing like it was just, it was a half second silliness here and a quarter second silliness here over and above the normal time it would take you to do that. And a couple of those add up and all of a sudden you're, you're sort of three seconds. You've, you've, you've pissed away three seconds um, and unknowingly. So I, I think that's, that, that's a, that's something to bear in mind. I'm also personally, I'm, I'm as most any of you who know me know me, uh, or know I'm not a clever man. So I'm I'm not a big fan of of super complicated stage plans, and I generally do everything in my power to avoid those stage plans where I'm going to stand on this exact spot because on this exact spot I can lean slightly left and see this and lean slightly right and see this. And, you know, if I kind of scratch my left butt cheek, then I'm, I'm leaning over enough to see this. And it just, what, what I've seen happen, what's it's happened to me and I've seen it happen to lots of shooters with, with, with stage plans. And I'm talking about the super complicated where like half a step left or right blows it. I'm not talking about the, I want to be in this sort of general area or, you know, like, you know, obviously we, we want to set up properly, but I've seen some where you see that cigarette butt on the ground. I'm going to stand so that my third toe is in line with that cigarette butt because then I'm perfectly aligned. Because one of two things happens, the helpful RO picks up the cigarette butt just after your last walkthrough <laughs> or you overstep it and and all of a sudden everything just turn silly so all that that perceived time you made up by not taking an extra step is now lost while you're half a step out of the way looking left looking right looking underneath the barricades hoping to find a target um so i generally try and avoid anything like that um i think it's it's very really beneficial as as with any of the stuff <laughs> never say never there's, there's never a time there's, there's always going to be a stage where you can make a massive sort of time saving by being in just the right spot. But as a general rule, if I, if I have a choice, I try and avoid that. Um, I don't know about you, Corn. I, if we're talking about super specific spots that you have to stand, I think we're equally averse to them. I don't like them because I, I overstep. I just do. It doesn't matter how much I, I rehearse that in my mind and how sure I am that I'm going to hit that spot. Uh, if it's super, super specific. I'm almost certainly going to miss it. Um, most of the stages that we shoot, uh, not not all, but most of the stages we shoot, the alternate places to shoot that from are typically either not far away, so not costing you a lot of time, and cost you a fixed amount of time. Hmm. So if I have to stop in this exact spot and nail it, I save a second. If I stop in this exact spot and don't nail it, and I need to sort of bob around like a dude shooting a dot gun for the first time from the draw in order to find it, I'm probably losing three or four seconds right there. Um, generally, the extra step or two you need to be able to take that target take less than a second, for most of us. And even if the place that you can shoot that from, even if the space is further away and you have to take 10 steps to get there, you have to take 10 steps to get there. There's generally other shit you need to do on the way. And there's generally a reason to take those 10 steps beyond just this one target. Generally, there, there are exceptions, but if you find that you have to make a 20 meter run to shoot one target or find a very specific place to shoot that target from and save 20 meters, makes sense to take the risk to find the spot. 
if you're going to try and find this exact spot to shoot it from where you have to stop now, dead stop, because it's a very specific spot to shoot it from, and then you find that you're coming to a different place in the stage where you can either see that target or more easily shoot that target, it's a silly stop. Um, I'm not super averse to places where I have to be where it's kind of tight, but but a little bit forgiving. So if I have a little bit of, if I have sort of a step either way or half a step either way from that position, I would be okay doing that um, for for save, a genuine save time. So not not if I'm going past that target somewhere else anyway, but if, if it saves me a stop and I don't have to go somewhere else, I'd probably do that. With that said, we have shot some memory stages in the past. Memory stages are typically terrible, and I think they're not allowed in Epsic, um, but you, you still see them occasionally. Where you have to stop in very specific places, you can see those targets only from here. And if step this way or step that way, you're seeing a completely different set of targets that have nothing to do with the original set of targets you just saw. You have to hit those spots. You're not going to shoot all the targets. Those are not what we're talking about. Those are stupid stages, but you're at an equal disadvantage to everyone else because everyone else has to hit that spot too. It's when you're you're creating that sort of a spot for yourself where you don't have to where everyone else is going to blaze past you in time because there's an easier place to shoot it from and you're creating difficulty in your own life. Those memory stages where you have to hit that spot, well, everyone has to hit that spot. Mm. Same, it's a level playing field. You're not making your own life harder for for no game. That's a long way of saying we agree. Yeah, no, I think we're on, on similar sort of pages there. <laughs> Makes a nice change. Uh, <laughs> it does. <laughs> I also... I'm quite a big fan of if I can get closer to the targets, I'll get close to the targets. Um, once again, if, 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 you know, there's always the exception that proves the rule. The, the example Corneo made of sort of the 20 meter run for one target where there's nothing else to do. It might, it might be worth taking a harder shot. Um, I've, I generally find even for big fat people like me, um, you, you'll oftentimes be surprised how much less time it takes you to to get there than the time it would take you to take really difficult shots. Um, and you don't always realize how long it's taking you to set up that shot. And obviously that's a, that, you know, the, the, the better a shooter you are, um, the more forgiving that's going to be. Um, but then by the same token, the better shooter you are, the, the more aggressively you're going to be able to wail on them if you get closer. So as a, once again, as a general rule, um, I try and avoid that. Oh, you know, I can stand at the back of the stage here and I can snipe that there and I can snipe that there. And I generally find for, for most people, um, it's oftentimes just quicker to, to run to the closer spot uh, and shoot better points faster. Um, so I was looking at this the other day because I was trying to quantify something. That <laughs> I ended up not being able to do just because the scenario ended up being kind of ridiculous. Um, but I was trying to explain shooting on the move, and as I said, the, the scenarios end up being kind of ridiculous. But the average human being, and average is a terrible thing here, but the average human being walks at about five kilometers per hour. Okay, about that's like one and a half meters a second. Um, one and a half meters a second is you can cover one and a half meters in the time that most people will fire two shots. You can shoot faster. Don't don't get me wrong. You can shoot. A, a fuck ton faster than that but in matches where it's a difficult shot and you have to hit a very specific position you're probably shooting 0.35 or 0.5 splits on those targets anyway because difficult position to hit and difficult targets and um you can cover 
one and a half meters in that same amount of time. Now, if you miss that spot and you're, you're wasting three or four seconds there, you could have done six or 10 meters in the time that it takes you to get those two shots off. So <clears throat> there's a very fine line here of, of what doesn't hurt you and hitting that exact spot. You have to be, you have to hit that spot in no time at fucking all. It needs to add zero time to the shots for that to be to be worth it because you can cover so much ground in, in one second. That's This is walking speed for the average person. Mm. This is not a dude trying to do things on the clock mm. and running, right? This is... So you can no, I mean, if you're running, you're probably going to halve that, I would roughly guess. Yeah, something like that. So you could probably then do about three or four meters in a... Well, I guess three meters in a second. So, you know, now you're talking about 0.25 splits on that target to save a meter. Which which most of us are not realistically shooting at that pace very often. And we sure as hell aren't doing it on, on a further more difficult target. Um, or on a target where you're in such a specific place. Even no. if it's an easy shot. Because um, I've seen this. I mean, I've recently, I think not the last... Yeah, not, not the match we shot at Vector this weekend. The, the previous um, league we shot at uh, Guns at Work. There was that one stage with the, the swinger right at the end, mm. um, that, that very elongated stage. That had those two very, very tight targets uh, cordoned off by barricades. They were fuck easy targets. I mean, you were mm. shooting them at like, I don't know, 0.7 of a meter or something as you ran past. But because the barricades were so tight, I watched people. And my walkthrough... I just went up, 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 and I went past. I'm almost 100% certain I stopped when I shot that during the actual stage. And I think I saw every shooter, or if not every shooter, 99% of the shooters in, in my detail, stopped on those two targets. They were super easy. There's nothing hard about shooting them. The positioning that you had to be in was just so tight that you had to stop dead, stand still, get side picture on each, so you didn't wang the barricade, and then move. So... I don't even think that even on an easy target, if the positioning is that specific, I don't think you're going to be shooting fast splits. I really don't. And I think oftentimes guys are a bit unrealistic with themselves. And a six-meter run, in mo once again, there's always like some we, – we've had some weird stages with fucking 25-meter sprints with nothing to do. But at your typical match, a six-meter run where there's nothing to do is, is a pretty long run with nothing to do. Um, That's rare. You know, it's if you look at the average sort of size of the typical bay and, and the stage and, and that, the, the, it as I say, it's, I've shot matches where there's been some some kind of silly runs. But as a general rule, six meters is a long way to be running. Um, three meters is, a, is a, oftentimes a long way to be running with nothing to do. Um, and I think that proviso is important. You know, you, you may have six or ten meters of movement, but there's generally something to do in the middle there some targets you can you can engage uh so yeah I, th I think that's something we need to be sort of realistic with ourselves about um i, I see a lot of people needlessly complicating their, their lives by you know this you know it, it and i think oftentimes it, it it's because people don't have a realistic and i think this is something we've probably discussed in the previous show but they, they don't actually have a realistic idea of how long it takes them to do things so in their mind they're going okay so i'm going to draw on this target that's 0.8 of a second i'm going to fire two shots i'm going to leave this target after a second 
I'm going to transition to this target. That's going to be 0.2 of a second. I'm going to shoot this target. So, so now it's another point. So in in his in his or her mind, that particular little section of the stage is a second and a half, and actually it's three. Under match conditions with whatever, um, it it probably realistically two and a half, three seconds. Obviously not for everyone, but but oftentimes people have got this perception in their mind that they they, they do the sum and. It's like when people work out hit facts and they're, okay, so 32 around stage, it takes this, and they're always working on 160 points. And it's like, how many of you have shot how many 32 round stages all alphas? Because I've done it once. That's how well I remember it, because I did it once really slowly. Uh <laughs> I'm sure that I've done it. Like, I'm, I'm 100% sure I've done it. Um, it would have been one of the matches where I was last or second to last. <laughs> right? but, but but that's the thing. So you know, generally, and and that's so it, it it's it's self awareness. It's knowing how, and and that comes from from spending time in the rain. So on the, on on you know working out the sort of head factor, knowing what you're more realistically going to shoot as opposed to the ideal thing, and working out those times is is having a realistic time of. What's what? What is my match draw? Um, not my cool guy impress the girls or boys or Apache helicopters. Um, you know, sort of party trick draw. Consistently in a match, what am I drawing to? Um, what are consistent splits for me? Because yes, it's one thing to do sixteen splits in a in a bull drill, um, but is I can count on the fingers of of one hand after a thresher accident. Um, the shooters I know who consistently shoot, not consistently, but really ever shoot splits like that under match conditions um, and, 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 and hit things. And the funny thing is, so I, I do know some shooters who shoot really, really fast splits um, and taking nothing away from them. They, they might know who they are if they ever listen to this, but um, taking nothing away from them, they lose a lot more time than they need to by shooting those splits. Because I've seen dudes, really good shooters, who will line up a shot on the target and it'll take them half a second to get the first round off so they can shoot a 12 split. Oh. Because it took him half a second to get the gun aligned and still enough that he can rip a 12 split. So he's oh. shooting 0.68, uh, 0.62 on those targets. You come past, you do a nice steady da, 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 0.25. And guess what? You're beating him by a twelfth of a second by not yeah. looking quite as cool. But I didn't have to be quite as careful on getting the gun onto the target in the first place because I'm not trying to smash the trigger twice in, in you know, point one two of a second. I'm just yeah. sights there, ta, sights there, ta. Right. Most transitions. Let's let's just say this: draws matter, but they matter a lot less than I think a lot of people think they do. It matters. If you're doing a four-second draw and everyone else is doing a 0.8, you're going to lose, right? This is this is not a good day on the range for you. But if you're doing a one-second draw and the other dude's doing a 0.2, you add that up over six stages, that's not a hell of a lot of time, okay? Provided that your transitions and things are, are about the same between you and the other dude. He's going to beat you because he was had a faster draw. But now, if he cuts a tenth off of his draw, he's a little bit faster than you again. But if you cut a tenth off of your off of your transitions, you're going to beat him by three or four seconds on that stage. He's going to beat you by a tenth, 
if he cuts a tenth off of his draw, you're going to beat him by three or four seconds if you cut your, your transitions. Transitions just matter more. It's 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 more important because we do more of them. Um, so, and splits yeah. hurt you. So splits are cool, looks cool, sounds cool, etc. But you can't split fast enough to make up for shitty transitions before or after a, 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 an impressive split. You just can't. Oh. It's, it's physically impossible. Obviously, within reason. If, if you're shooting one second splits. Um... Yeah, no, 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 no. You, you you can't split fast enough to make up for shitty transitions. Yeah. Well, this is, as I say, but I mean, if if you've got 12 splits and shitty transitions and you've got one second splits and shitty transitions. Uh... Oh, no, no. Okay, yes. No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Fair point, um... fair point. There, 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 there is the, the edge of stupid on both sides. There's a happy medium in the middle, right? There is a very happy medium in the middle between fast splits and good transition somewhere in there. And honestly, I, I think it was Rob Latham. I think it might've been someone else, but I think it was Rob Latham that said, if he could shoot a 0.25 split on every yeah. target in a match, he mm. would be unbeatable. Yeah. Yeah. Cause TGO yeah. said that. Yeah. So, uh, and I think what he meant by that was he doesn't really care about going faster than that. What he cares about is oftentimes you can't go that fast because it hurts you. Um, as I understand as well, it was a part of the logic was that a, a two five second splits on a fifteen meter partial yeah, is a lot more useful than a twelve split on a three meter. Um, exactly, yeah. it wasn't him going. I, I want to go faster than this on average. It was him going most of the time. Yeah, for important shots. You can't get down to point two five. So I think he, do that. I, if I remember correctly, the quote as well is that if you if you ran, yeah if you ran if you could guarantee a, a twenty five split on every on every target you'd be unbeatable. Yep. Um, that is assuming you're hitting said target. So before you run out to yeah. this weekend's no, match, it's, it's, it's got to be some alphas, right? It can't just be <laughs> like if you shoot a delta and you see some brand ring fly like I did the weekend. That's <laughs> cool because delta still score. Um, but if you shoot a delta. That doesn't score because all you hit was brand ring. That hurts a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I said the feet and the toe, right? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think that's a that's a really it, it's a it, it's important. I think when you're looking at a stage, and I, and I see this a lot, and it was a there's actually a couple of good examples of this at this weekend's match. Um, one is don't necessarily follow the herd. Um, there's times when the, when, when this, there are some stages where it's patently obvious that you're going to need to start here. Um, and you get those and it's quite frustrating when it's one of those and you sometimes get matches full of them of every stage is start anywhere. And every stage has some target in some stupid position that basically you have to start there. Um, start, start anywhere. Yes. And unloaded on drum or mags on other drum. Yeah. Not yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, the the classic one, a lot of, and I had a discussion with the shooter about this on this weekend. Well, why don't you look at it this way? No, I don't want to reload moving right to left. Why? No, no, no. And and when I started, I had uh, always always try and move left to right because, and it does, if you're a right-handed shooter, it makes it slightly easier. Um, guess what though? You can very safely reload moving right to left as a left-handed as a right-handed shooter, or moving left to right as a left-handed shooter. You just have to pay attention, which is 
important, no matter which way you're moving, more so than the direction you're moving. Um, and I've seen a lot of people make some really stupid stage plans. Like, honestly, like, like you know, sometimes you get it where, oh, this is a little bit cleverer. This is, But I've seen people make stage plans that you look at it and you go, that makes absolutely no sense. Why are you doing that? So I can reload moving left to right. Um, I think one of the best ways, a great tool for stage planning in, in general, and one of the best ways to get around that is, Shoot classic in a couple of matches. Yep. Because if you shoot classic, you best be able to reload freaking wherever because you're going to have to because basically if your feet are moving, you're putting – and if you shoot classic major, um, you know, like <laughs> bending your knees enough step that you better have done a reload. But, yeah, it, it, it's one of those things where, where I think people get themselves sucked into silliness. So look at the stage. Um, when you get there, when the when, when the RO is doing the stage briefing, preferably even before, have a look at the stage. Um, you know, it's not like USPSA we can, where we can go walk it the day before, but you can get a kind of a, a feeling for it. Um, and and try and find the, way, the, 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 the stage plan where you can cover the least distance and not cover the same ground twice. Um, that, that's generally a, a good start. Um, and where you can move efficiently. Don't worry about if that means that you start on the right or start on the left. Or yes, this there are some things that are that generally apply. You can generally run faster forward than you can run backwards. Um, you can generally run faster in a straight line than you can turning a corner. So um, you know this might seem like a shorter route, but turning the corner may slow you down more than running forward here and then running backwards there. Um, but as a, as a, so <laughs> none of those are hard and fast, but those are some general rules you can apply. Look at the stage and go, where can I, where can I move most efficiently? And then stick the shit you have to do in the middle of that. Um, being safe, you know, that's, and, 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 and maybe a little bit of a diatribe. That shit you should be practicing. And I did, potentially have a little bit of a not a go at someone but i i did lecture someone who made a comment about a match being practice um no go practice go go, go practice and go practice the shit that's hard and, and the shit you don't like to do so if you're scared to reload moving right to left as a right-handed shooter dry fire it until you're happy to do it and then live fire it until you're happy to do it and then when you go to matches you go I need to go from here to there. And in that time, I need to get more bullets in my gun. Um, not I'm going to run a figure of eight so I can reload. So it, it's just silly. I agree. It is silly. Um, I get, I understand a small portion of the, but I think this is safer. Mm. Um, I, I understand. I, I, I don't agree, but I understand that at, at least someone being a, uh, averse to doing something that they perceive as unsafe or something that I can, mm. I, I can, I can get behind. Right. Again, I don't necessarily agree with the particular example that was used here because it's a bit silly, but um, it, it's not silly to that person, but mm. it's, a, it's a silly thing to do in the sport, but I can at least understand that. But there are lots of people who choose things in a silly way for something that I can't understand. I can understand doing something stupid in the interest of safety or perceived safety. I can't understand doing something stupid in the interest of nothing. So let me give you an example of that because I've, I've actually seen this happen. I don't think I've seen this happen recently, but I've seen this happen. 
you'll have guys who you always have to, have to draw on an easy target. You have to. Mm. There's, there's just no way you can not draw on an easy target. So what you get is you get a stage that's built like a, a, a long rectangle. You start in the front. The front has a draw to a difficult target that activates some swingers behind you. We had one of these in level four. And we didn't have a four start there, but for the example, we're going to pretend we did. What you do is, because you have to start an easy target, you'll start at the front, you'll draw your gun, you won't shoot the difficult target. You'll run all the way back to the end of the triangle, all the way back, and then shoot forward so you can end on the difficult target. Because now you've got your eyes in, you've got your sights in, you're aligned, you're, you're good to take that shot. You just covered the other dudes in your detail covered five meters total. You covered five meters before you fired your first shot. Never mind the five meters that you covered going forward more slowly than they covered going backwards because they were shooting the whole time. <laughs> so if we if I, we use our earlier maths and we're quite sort of forgiving, you've added two seconds to your draw. Yep. So that you can um, draw on an easy yeah. target. I'm not making this example up. I've hmm. literally seen people do this. I've I, seen you know, and, and, and to hit on something you said, I, obviously safety comes first, and, and, and I'm in no way saying that we, we should do anything unsafe or outside of our, uh, our skill set. What I am saying is if we're going to do practical shooting, um, we, need to, we need to make sure that that's part of us. This is going to hurt some feelings, but maybe a few fewer bull drills and a few more moving drills. <gasps> you, you but I can't practice. show everyone how I did a 157 bull drill with only three deltas. Yes, I know, but you'll survive. Um, but yeah, when, when you go practice, or you you might be that person who can do the 157 bull drill all the time with all the alphas. Guess what? You've got that skill. Tick the box, move the fuck along. Um, so yeah, I'm, as I say, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> new shooter at a new match. I'm not saying do that, but the, the people I'm thinking of oftentimes are experienced enough that they can do it. They've just had it drummed into their head that you never do this. So they start doing weird things, which men, you know, which, which also can be problematic um, instead of just moving intelligently. Yeah. So I think we're saying the same thing mm. is that I can at least understand if someone's doing it in the mm. interest of perceived safety. And I'm saying perceived there for a very good reason, because it's perceived safety. It's not actual safety, right? It doesn't stop you from doing something stupid and still breaking the 90 or falling over and, and wanging a shot because you're running with your finger on the trigger. Um, but at least I can understand if they're doing things to perceive safety. What you're saying is, okay, you have now done this in the past in the interest of perceived safety. Why don't you make this a priority mm. skill and fix it? Yeah. So that regardless of which way you're moving, you're still safe. Because I can yeah. run uprange, downrange, left, right, doing a reload, Racking a gun like I did this weekend after I ran a dry because I fucked up a shot. Do a reload and rack a gun because I dropped the mag by that point when I fired the last round. While I was running the wrong way up the fucking range and it was perfectly safe, right? I can do that. I didn't practice that. It's just I've got sufficient skill doing things with the gun pointed in a safe direction that it didn't even bother me. Like, it was like, oh, fuck, I need to do this. I need to move. I'll just do them at the same time. It didn't matter. Um, but I've gone faster if I didn't have to do that shit because I didn't fuck up the shot. Yes, absolutely. But I didn't I didn't then have to run to the opposite side of the range 
so that I could run back to where I came from <laughs> so I could do a reload and then, yeah. you know, so I just, yeah. you just, you just fix it and keep going. Um, that is a skill that you just need to prioritize. Like, honestly, uh, I want to go back to, to optimal stage plans, but there are some things you're going to need to just learn how to do. Okay. You're going to need to learn how to draw a gun safely. Oh, oh, are we talking about still about shooting? I, I thought we were going to like twisting motors. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So Derek has a different list of things you have to learn. Um, he'll talk about that one in a moment. It's going to be. Pick the balls in the shaft. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. So it's, he's just gone there. <laughs> you're going to have to learn how to draw the gun safely. And you're going to have to do that from standing positions. You're going to have to learn to do that from seated positions. Um, though most places you can stand up and then draw, but. Um, fuck, there have been stages where it made sense to sit the fuck down, draw the gun and shoot the stage because it took less time to shoot the stage than it took most people to stand up. And I'm not kidding. I'm being serious. We had a stage, I've been the self-defense shoot at Vector in the last year, but we had a stage that had a seated start at a table. I think gun on table, not gun and holster, but either way, I think it was, uh, it might've been two or four targets, two rounds each. If you have to stand up during that thing, you've lost the time that it took the other dude to shoot two of the four targets. Mm. Anyway, um, you're going to need to learn to do that regardless of, of what position you're in. You're going to need to learn to reload safely regardless of which, posi- which position you're in. Um, safe clearing of malfunctions regardless of which position you're in. And safe movement with a gun remaining downrange and preferably below the berm line. Saying preferably because that's not a, a rules requirement everywhere, but preferably because it might be at a state at a, at a range where you go shoot at some point where you didn't know and you go home because you're the dude that lifted the gun above the boom um just just prioritize those today even if you're not scared of them you're gonna have to go learn yeah i i, I think that's it. it it's it's learning the lessons of of the previous match um and your previous matches and and not constantly not constantly making the same mistakes and even worse, constantly making the same mistakes and making that doctrine. Um, and, and something related to that, and this is, I, I, I've met guys who are like, you never enter or leave an, uh, an aperture on steel. The problem is that there's only steel there. What the fuck well, do you well, do? You that finish the stage. <laughs> <laughs> they really can't shoot steel challenge. I can't shoot you because I can't <laughs> enter or exit <laughs> on this target. <laughs> This, this aperture's not nice, but I mean, I've seen, I've, I've, I've had guys who go on, like who are quite adamant about that. Um, and and what happens is you see, like some weird gymnastics where we we dodge the popper on the way in, we shoot a paper target, then we transition back to the popper, then we transition over a target to another popper, then we transition back to a target so that we can leave on that target, and it's like. The fuck are you doing, homeboy? Yep. No, no, but I was always told you never leave on steel. Remember that thing that I said that you you can't, and, and we, there were some provisos there, but remember that uh, you can't split fast enough to make up for poor transitions? Mm. Um, you also can't transition <laughs> fast enough to make up for unnecessary transitions. Yeah. You fucking can't. Like, that's pure waste of time for no benefit. So if you can keep the gun moving from right to left or left to right in an aperture with the least amount of movement, that's generally going to be better. It's not often a clever idea 
to jerk the gun backwards and forwards because that's increasing your transition time. Um, and I think related to that, and I think that's something Kone hit on earlier as well, you just see, see the same thing on draws. And especially, especially with production shooters who haven't yet embraced the double action first shot. So we've bought a Shadow 2 or, or a 92X performance or, or you know, uh, you know, we've bought this this super cool guy, double action, um, super competitive uh, production gun, but we're actually quite scared of that first trigger pull. So what we do is we c- try and do the EPSIC equivalent of the old 1980s, wank that one off into the ground on the draw. Um, that was a thing. And even the great colonel himself kind of spoke about doing that. Peace be upon him. Um but I've seen a fair amount of, of shooters who will draw to really silly targets because they don't want to draw on on a perceived slightly difficult target because now I've got that double action first shot. That's also not clever because now you're adding an extra transition. And, and say that's a 0.3 transition. So it's a pretty quick transition. Um, and oftentimes it's a longer transition than that because they've done something silly, but call it a 0.3 transition. added to that first shot on your draw is quite a lot of time added. 0.29, in fact, is quite a lot of time added to just not fuck up the double action shot. So just on that, one embrace the Mm -hmm. double action. They're they're really not that hard to shoot, even if you're shooting like a a really shitty SIG 229 uh, (laughs) double action trigger. It, it, It is absolute shit. They're not that hard, okay? You're going to need to practice. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that you can pick the gun up and shoot perfect, like, score with it, double action only off the bat. You need work, but just embrace it. Just do the thing. Think of it this way, and I can't remember what the the value is that Steve quotes for this, but maybe you'll remember, T. How long does it take to fill in a subconscious makeup? So if you call the shot bad, how how long does it take you to fill it in? I mean, it's it's going to be longer than it takes the gun to cycle. So it's, like, longer than 0.1 but it's not a fuckload longer than 0.1 because you can shoot a second round in 0.2 having chosen to do that. So subconsciously filling that in, you could probably run a faster split than that, right? Uh, you're probably, yeah, I mean, I'd probably work on on realistically around a quarter of a second or longer um, to perceive that there's an issue and fire the shot. Okay, so let me let me tell you where I'm going with that and mm. see where, where you fall on that. Do you think it hurts you more to start on a stupid target in a stupid order to avoid yes. double action on a different on a different yes. shot <laughs> or to when you fuck up the and, and I, I don't mean when as in you're going to but i mean there's an a, it's eventuality that when it happens call it as a bad round and fill it in so let's say you aren't very great with your double action and you're fucking up 25% of your your initial shots do you think on 25% of your first shots, shooting a second round, I'm not meaning, I don't mean wang one to the, into the side of the berm to get uh-huh. a single action. I mean, you take a deliberate shot for your first shot and you go, that wasn't quite right. And you shoot a, an extra one and mm. your, your second one. You think that 25% you're fucking that up, which you'll get better at, hurts you more or less than always starting with a stupid target order. Definitely less. So then why Definitely the fuck do we do it? Why the fuck do we do it? Why don't we learn to call shots and... If you're having difficulty with double action on that day or on that particular target or or whatever, realize that something went wrong with that particular shot and correct it 
why are you why are you correcting shots that you haven't even taken yet? Right? You don't yeah. know how that shot's gonna go. You don't know. Like you don't. And if you you're always doing not that that difficult shot double action, you're never gonna get better at it. I mean, even if you go and practice to get better at it, if you're still consciously choosing in the match to do the stupid order, you're not getting better at shooting double action first shot. You're getting mechanically better at managing that when you just do decide to do it. But if you're never doing it, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, no, I, th- I think the calling the shot thing is important. And, and on the previous thing we discussed as well with the, like the never exit on steel. Um, the, the reason that came up was because guys were going, I need to get my sights on the steel. Well, I mean, in theory, get your sights on the steel. Often what they're doing is staring at the steel while vaguely looking over their gun, weighing the trigger, hear the ding, watch the piece of steel fall down, yes, and then move off of it, which is not going to, not the fastest way of doing it. If you're calling that shot, um, if you're actually shot calling, then you can leave on anything. Um, you know, and, and I've seen I've seen a lot of shooters just, mess up their stage partially because they build shit up so they're double action first shot they build it up oh, 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 on the stage I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have to fire my double action shot at a small plate or a target with a no shoot oh, so fucking what uh, it's it's your gun spend more time playing with it uh, learn how the gun works and the gun too and the gun too. Um, but yeah, you know, if, 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 if you've made the decision that you're going to shoot a double action, single action gun as an, and, a, and I'm harping on it because I think it's the one that people might make the most of a big deal of in their head. And it's the least sort of, it, it's, it's far less of a concern than it should be. Um, but y- you've made the choice, learn to deal with that gun. Um, yeah. The, the plus side to that gun compared to a lot of its competitors is, after that, the next 15 shots are really nice. Um, so, yeah, you know, be aware of those limits. I, I, your first match with your new freaking 92X performance, you go, I don't know if I want to draw on this target. I get that. Your 17th match with your no longer new 92X performance, where you're going, oh, I still need to draw on the, no, no. Slap yourself um, because you've now had a, a chance to go, okay, this is what I'm worried about. How do I turn that weakness into a strength? Also, if you're shooting uh, single action only guns, so if you're shooting mm-hmm. like 1911, et cetera, um, or in standard, you're shooting your shadow with the hammer back and the safety on, mm-hmm. or you're shooting something like a Glock or an MP or 320 or whatever, but the trigger pull is the same every time. Um, it makes even less sense to go, ooh, I don't want to draw to that target because yeah. guess what? You're going to have to shoot that target anyway and there's no yeah. difference between this attempt and the next attempt. Uh, at least the double action guys, I don't agree with the, the theory there, but at least the double action guy has a legitimate concern that this shot is yeah. harder because the trigger is harder. Where yeah. if, you, if you're shooting something where it's the same every time, you know, you're going to have to make that shot anyway with that same trigger. So. And that's something Kona and I were discussing in the pre-show because, yes, there, shockingly enough, there is actually a small degree of preparation for this. Um, Very small. Is people drawing onto a silly target uh, because they don't want to draw onto the, and the example Kona used was perfect, a close target with a, a par, that's a partial, so they'd rather draw on a far more difficult shot. Um, 
forgetting that you're still going to have to shoot that target, that, that difficult target. And mechanically, to be honest, there's not a huge amount of difference between a draw and a transition. Um, and again, in my example, uh, and this is a very specific example, so it, it don't take this as universally true, but in my specific example, um, not only was the shot um, the same difficulty after transitioning from a much further target to a closer target with no shoot, it was potentially more difficult than shooting that target on the draw because now you want to move, right? Mm -hmm. You're on the target that you're now exiting on. I'm not saying you can't exit on targets with no shoots, etc. What I'm saying is if you shot that target first from the draw, you only had to transition in one direction. You didn't add an extra wide transition in because of this choice that you made. And you, in effect, made the target that you thought was the most difficult shot harder because now you're creeping backwards trying to get out of that position while you're trying to take that shot. So, but again, I, I, I think don't I'm, think the shooter realized that. I think they, 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 they had a, an idea in their head that this is the most difficult target on the stage. I don't want to draw on this target. Uh, I don't realize how much more difficult I'm making my life in taking that target uh, by yeah. just choosing a, a different order. I, I think uh, I think what often happens is that people look at a shot um, on that they don't look at the shot holistically as part of the stage. So they go, "This is a difficult shot," and you, you're already kind of you know, doing yourself a little bit of a disservice by, by making an issue about that shot. But they're, they're also not looking at that shot as, as part of a stage. They're looking at that shot as that shot and, and forgetting that you're going to have to shoot that shot at some stage. Um, so don't make the target before it and after it or whatever even more difficult because of one difficult shot. Uh, because what I've seen happen often with that is one of two things. The most common is we make the difficult shot perfectly and then we have a mic on the easy shot next to it because we, we were, and I've done it, because um, we were thinking so hard about the hard shot that we didn't think about the potentially easy shot. Um, and sometimes I've even seen mics on all three of those targets because we weren't concentrating on any of them. We were kind of, don't fuck up, don't fuck up, don't fuck up, which your brain hears as fuck up, fuck up, fuck up. Fuck up, fuck up, yep. No, exactly. We're, we're in complete agreement there. Like, that's like multiple times in one show. Yeah, there's, there's, there's some issues here. It's almost like I prepped him to agree with me up front. Oh. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, I've got a list of things here. We've got sort of 20 minutes before the power goes. Um, so... I had some notes here on target order and I specifically had when it matters and when it doesn't matter. I'm going to quantify that a little bit. If you have the option to shoot an array where targets are on top of each other, shooting from the bottom target to the top target makes sense, both in transition speed and ease because your arms and gun are not blocking the next target you're transitioning to as it does when you transition down. You're not fighting the recoil going down and I know 9 mil has all the recoil in the world so this is a genuine concern but you're not fighting recoil. Um, it's it's faster to do it that way. There are exceptions to this. Um, same thing as shooting left to right to right to left, as T said earlier, not because you have a preference for right to left or left to right, but because one of those directions makes the most sense for the stage and continuing in that same direction makes sense because you're not adding additional transitions to go zigzag back and forth. There are 
exceptions to this. And you need to be aware that there are exceptions to this. So don't go away and go, Tarek and Cornet said that I have to shoot left to right or right to left in the entire array because this is the only way that I can do it. Sometimes shooting in a slightly weird order allows you to move through an array. You might need to shoot the target on the far left, swing all the way to the far right because that allows you to, it's a big transition, but it allows you to shoot the rest of the thing on, on the move, right? So there are exceptions to this. I, I'm not saying do that when there is no fucking good reason to do it, but sometimes doing that, we had a target this weekend where, uh, T, you were, you were asking me about the reload after I shot the thing. You're like, would you do the reload into that position or would you do hmm. the reload after that position? And this is, we're talking about reloads now, not retransitions, but I did the reload before shooting a target. Tarek saw me do that. He then did the reload after, no, sorry. I did the reload after shooting that target. You did the reload before shooting that target, mm. after seeing me do it. You reloaded into the target. So you shot the steel and the first target and then... Yes. And then the, the second target, so the third, the, the second paper, and then reloaded. Then reloaded. You re- which was originally my plan as well. And I saw that that was less ideal. Yep. So what happened there is, so you're right, I did the reload and then I shot that target. What happened there is my reload took slightly longer than expected. And I then took slightly longer to shoot the next target. And because the target was super positionally sensitive, I had to stop to shoot it so I didn't lose the target as I moved back and then I could shoot the rest of the stage. Just changing that slightly um, allowed Tarek to just flow through that entire position. Now, this is not, not something where we're, this is not an example with transition differences like the one that I started with. But changing the position of the reload, which materially had no difference on this, no, no significant impact on the stage, allowed him to shoot faster and possibly with better score because he was less rushed. Yeah, I, I think the, the big thing on that was what that did is it made it more forgiving. Yep. Um, it made that aperture. I'm just trying to look at the stage it was. Um, it, it made that aperture more forgiving because you had more. Um, you had more options and more time to engage the target that was going to disappear in two steps. Uh, whereas, and, and that's something to bear in mind, a fumbled reload happens. I, I don't care who you are. They're, they're not always perfect. I've fumbled quite a few this weekend. Um, some spectacularly. Uh, <laughs> we won't talk about that one, but yes. <laughs> 10 seconds in a four second stage. Um, not quite, but close. Uh, but yeah, that and and that was a case of we we both looked at the stage. We both agreed that what Cornet did was the right plan, um, and I think we both we both made the mistake of a forgetting that our, our current level of sort of work on the game is not at its peak. Um, so our performance wasn't. Neither of us are performing like we should be, um, but we planned as if we were. So, so both of us looked at that stage and planned that stage as if we were practicing hard and focused and, and all that good shit. When in fact, both of us have been busy with life and shit. Um, and, and neither of us were, were on the top of our game. Um, and that was a self-awareness mistake that, that I made. Um, and I was fortunate that Corn went before me so I could look at this and go, Fuck, what I'm going to do is I'm going to be a little, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to try a different plan. That's a little bit more forgiving. Uh, and I think that's important. And it, it, it's also an important 
um, lesson in, in how it, uh, it's good to have um, sort of stage mates that you shoot with who you can have those discussions with and who also aren't going to screw you. So, so not the dude who, who, who gives you a deliberately bad plan, but the dude who, who, where you can go, fuck dude, we both thought this was going to work. Um, but, but in shooting the stage, uh, it just, and like you also, you see that with long gun as well, because sometimes your body can, you know, when you do the walkthrough, you, you, you bend the imaginary long gun. And for some reason, neither of my 13 and ones bend, uh, <laughs> But uh, it, it, it's it's a good lesson in in, and it was a it was a peculiar target sort of arrangement. It it, it was it was quite a it it wasn't something that you would you would do ordinarily. Um, but yeah, there was there was a good lesson in there in in kind of watching the rest of Joe's side, paying attention to when when, when other people in your squad are shooting, um, and not just talking shit. Uh, because if I hadn't have watched Corn do that and then hadn't have gone, fuck, dude, what's the story? Uh, I probably would have ended up making the same mistake. Exactly. Um, so a couple of things from there. Um, the one that I started with was realize that sometimes the order that minimizes transitions is not optimal because a different order might allow you to shoot and move, which is a good thing. A different order might allow you more space to shoot a target that is positionally sensitive and where you stand or where you are when you shoot it, in which case it probably makes sense to change your order into something that's a little bit more silly at face value but makes sense of the grand scheme of the stage. And then there are things like activated targets. Sometimes it makes sense to shoot the activator popper all the way on the left-hand side of the stage, hard transition all the way to the right, and then shoot right to mm. left so that you can do all those targets, and then as this, the activated target comes out, you're right there. But you haven't wasted all that time just waiting for it. Right. If you were to do that same thing, so imagine you had left side activator, left side swinger, couple of targets to the right of that. If you were to shoot that right to left entirely, you would shoot all the targets, shoot the activator, and then do fuck all while you waited for the swinger to arrive. If you were to shoot that... Um, left to right and shoot the activator stand do fuck all while you wait for the activate for the swinger to come out and then shoot the rest of the stage you're just as slow where if on this example you take the chance start left hard transition to right shoot right to left and catch this thing as it comes out you're gonna be faster than everyone else um that doesn't do that right so and there are exceptions too and and that, that that's actually a really good point and, and two points on that one like like with it, the classic thing where you've got um, a popper, two targets, and a swinger, and th th there's a when I said earlier about being able to go, it takes me X amount of time to do this, takes me X amount of time to do that. So when you do your walkthrough and they activate the swinger, and this is why you also want the RO to push the popper, not pull the fucking wire, because that's different, um, and go. Popper goes down one one hundred two one hundred. I mean, we shot a match recently with a with a runner where it was literally five one hundred before the, the runner came into into sight. Um, so you need to count that off and then be realistic with yourself. In in that time, if there's three paper targets there, can I shoot those three paper targets before the swinger comes out, um, or can I shoot one? And and it doesn't matter which of those it is as long as you know the right answer. Because if you think you can only shoot one and you could have shot three, well, you've wasted an, an extra 
call it a 30 transition, another 30 transition with two 30 splits in the middle kind of thing. Um, there's also the issue of I, I, I can shoot all, I, I just saw, you know, I just saw Albert shoot all three of these, so I'm going to shoot all three of these. And you go bang, bang on the first target and all of a sudden the swing is coming out and you go, oh, fuck. And then, so that's where it's important to have that that sort of, and it's not going to be pinpoint, but that self-awareness of what can I do in this time? Bearing in mind that generally on the walkthrough, that swing it takes comes out quicker than when you're shooting the stage. Um, it doesn't really, but it's your perception. So it's a good idea to do the maths. Count, count, count the time out in your head and work out what you can do. The other thing on, on what Cornet said is, and I've seen this happen in matches a lot, um, envision a stage where you've got four targets uh, a barricaded, you know, from the right-hand side of the, the, the stage, you've got four targets that you can engage. And on the left-hand side of the, the barricade, you've got four targets you can engage. And I've seen guys who always shoot left to right. So the four targets on the right hand of the stage, um, in, instead of starting on the one he can see, he or she goes, you know, drags their gun across three targets without shooting to shoot a target and then brings their gun back to the first target or, the, or back to the targets they've just dragged across to shoot because I always shoot left to right. And then they run to the other side of the stage or shoot left to right or do the opposite where they go, okay, I can shoot right to left here, but now I've got to do the same. Try and avoid having a, I always shoot right to left or I always shoot left to right. It's just like, I don't always move left to right. I don't always move right to left. Yes. And I, some people shoot fast to left to right. Some people shoot fast to right to left. Um, practice both and do the one that makes the most stage sense on the stage. Because, yes, maybe your transitions are a scope quicker right to left because you're taking it into your eye. What if I've heard some weird sort of arguments for both. But maybe it is slightly quicker the other way. But I'll tell you what, dragging your gun across targets you aren't shooting isn't quicker. So a couple of things on that. I'll start with the last thing you said. Um, realize that when guys measure left to right versus right to left speed, they're generally doing something like a Blake draw something similar where you're doing a draw smashing two round short transition smashing two round short trans uh, transition smashing two rounds it's not how general matches are set up um you're not going to be shooting that's an example of where you probably could smash out some 12 or 15 splits if you're the kind of shooter who could do that okay and have a decent result in a match that doesn't that doesn't happen in a match your left to right and your right to left are generally going to be more similar than people realize. Not because um, you're faster going one way and slower going the other way, just because matches are generally set up in such a way that you're about the same going either way because both ways are equally slow because you have to shoot some points. Um, that's just one of those things. On the, on the activator target swinger thing with the um, knowing what you can do and not benchmarking yourself against what the shooter next to you did. So whether they did one or whether they did six targets in that time, it's not about them. It's about knowing what you can do. There's a couple of things there. T touched on uh, how many targets you can shoot before that comes out, which touched on how long it takes that to come out. Um, there are some additional things here that you need to bear in mind. Uh, and I think the the main one is penalty of missing the moving targets. Some swingers move fuck fast. I don't mean you you miss it in 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 shooting some mics on it. I mean you miss it as you miss your opportunity to shoot to shoot it during that exposure. Some targets move fuck fast and it's fine. The delay of them coming back is super quick. Um, Victor has a plate swinger, 
that is fucking slow. Mm. Even when it's swinging very fast, it's got so much weight, so much inertial energy that wherever it gets to the peak where it hangs, it stays there for a long time. You don't shoot that in your first pass. You've added a second and a half to your stage time. Guaranteed. Yeah. You've added a second and a half to your stage time. In that instance, it doesn't matter if you can shoot four targets. I would err on the side of shooting less targets, making sure that you nail the swinger and then moving back to the targets. So this is, this is again, this is much more about knowing yourself. If you're losing a lot by missing a, an exposure on a, on a moving target, uh, prioritize hitting the, the, the moving target over doing more things while you wait for the moving target. If the penalty is very little for missing exposure, smash some shit, right? Within your skill level, but, but smash some shit. Just realize that there is, again, a balance of, of how much risk you should be okay with taking. And that's based on how long it takes to activate, how many targets you realistically can shoot during that time, and what the penalty is if you miss an exposure. I mean, I, in, in related to that, and it's something I've seen, um, I've seen people do some really weird things so that they can shoot and activate a target, or shoot an activator to get a target to slow down. So they shoot an activator from aperture A, and they're only going to shoot the swinger from aperture D. And you go, but, but no, no, because by the time I get to aperture D, the target is slowed down, which is true. So what can happen with that is you can get there as the target's nicely standing in position, except the epsic gods are fickle, so that never happens. So when you get there, one of two things is happening. It's either disappearing, um, and remember, it's slowed down, so it's going to come out slower than if you had just hit the activator, or you don't necessarily know which side it's coming out. So it, is it coming up on the right? Is it coming up on the left? So it comes up on the opposite side to what you guessed. You manage to wank off one round of it, then it disappears again. Now you've got to wait for it to get out again. So that, that might be a situation. And, and sometimes stages are set up that you don't have a choice. You have to activate it. But more often than not, when I see that happen, it's because someone's going, oh, I can see the activator here, often with like a weird lean or something stupid, um, and I'm going to slow down that swinger, forgetting that yeah, a slower swinger also takes longer to come out. You may be better off with that target, running to getting to, to um, uh, aperture D, putting two rounds in the activator to make the target come out quicker and not shooting anything in the middle of going straight onto that target. That may be the better plan. Um, but it's, it's, it's maths and it's pretty simple maths. Uh, remember our, our whole sport is, is maths. Um, it's points per second. That's what hit factor scoring is. Um, how many points can I score per second? And if you're, so you need to be able to look at this and have a realistic idea of how long it takes for something to happen. Um, a lot of the South African shooters, especially the guys who shoot proper disciplines like shotgun, probably know Carlo and Joel. Um, watch those two walking through on a moving target because there's lots of fucking maths happening there. Um, and I, I, I've seen like I've seen the, the, those old boys kick some much younger Oaks asses, not because they're super fast and athletic. I mean, they're both super seniors, but because they have a really good understanding of exactly what they can do when. Um, so pay attention to that sort of thing. Um, you know, pay attention to to the actual maths and, and not the perceived maths. So. Count it down, and, and and especially if you're not the first shooter on the on the on the stage, 
watch the shooters in front of you and and from from the bullet hitting the popper to the target coming out count it out time it out um film it and then watch it on your phone and 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 and, and time it out there uh because that's going to give you a good idea of what you can do and and yeah oftentimes the sometimes the best plan is just to Double tap the activator, um, get it to activate quicker, get the target to come out quicker so you can shoot it and then do other things. Um, I'm going to add a little provision hmm. there, um, just because this is important because I've seen dudes do this. If you're going to double tap an activator, one, make sure you have ammo in the gun to do that. <laughs> um, if you're running yes. a 16-round plan to do a double tap in production, that might not be the best idea. You're running a 16-round plan to double tap it and then realize that it's an empty start, um, you're fucked. But the, the much more funny one is when you double tap the activator to realize it's a forward falling popper. So pay attention. I've done that. <laughs> I've done, done that, that a lot. <laughs> pay attention to what activates the target. Um, uh, it's important. Um, yeah, I think that's that's a really good that's a really good point. And oh, we're very close on time. Just something we can we can <laughs> keep going till it dies. So if it dies, yeah. you guys know what happened. Um, yeah, Corno doesn't love you. Um, uh, and I think that the shooting on the move topic, I think we're going to have to do a whole show on that, to be honest, um, because I think that's a, that's an important topic, and we we just we're not going to have time to touch today. I think so too, and that's exactly why I was trying to quantify what movement speed is. Hmm. Uh, just, yeah. it's, it there, there's a fine balance between uh, shooting on the move and standing in a, in a in a particular place and shooting yeah. something, and usually it's heavily weighted towards moving. Um, moving is, is generally faster. Even though you're shooting more slowly, moving generally scores you a lot in terms of hit factor. But so, there are exceptions. So I think we'll, we'll do, look out for a show in the very near future discussing a whole show on shooting on the move. Um, but what I do want to hit on quickly, and that's something Cornet hit there, is it is very rarely a good idea, and I rarely, not really, very rarely a good idea for a production shooter to run a 16-round standard plan um, or for a standard shooter to shoot a, a, to run a however many bullets there are in their gun plan. Um, you know, I, I, I see where guys, oh, I'm, I'm going to shoot. I can shoot 16 here and, and save doing a reload. Um and what ends up happening is that's true. You can, except if you drop a shot, you're now your brain's now going, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck. And I also, even if you weekend spectacularly yeah. on the last stage. Yeah. Um, and, and what I also see related to that is I see people standing or, or shooting substantially slower because they can't afford to fill in a shot because they've gone, I'm gonna run the 16-round plan. And instead of reloading here, because there's time to, as a classic shooter, trust me, there's time to reload. Um, there is. There always is. <laughs> but they've, they've avoided the spot where they can reload because they're going to shoot the 16-round plan. And it might be a case of because there's eight full-size targets there and eight full-size targets there. Um, so, yes, mathematically you can do that. But what ends up happening is that they, they shoot slower um they shoot less confidently uh because they're, they're thinking they're not thinking let me you know let me let me shoot this carefully they, they go don't fuck up don't fuck up don't fuck up and what i very often see 
is that they then forget that when they reload, they're not going to have another 16 rounds. So they've got, this is a 32, and I've seen this and I've done this. So 32 rounds, I'm going to run 16 rounds there and run 16 rounds there. So I'm going to shoot 16 rounds, put a 15 round magazine in and shoot 16 bullets out of it. I mean, theoretically it's possible <laughs> if you were an open shooter in disguise and had 16 rounds in the second mag, but yes. <laughs> Otherwise, it's not really feasible. So. In which case, you've got the shittiest open gun at the match. Uh, I mean, yeah, but 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 you have the best production gun at the match because there's an extra round of ammo for everyone else. <laughs> Depends on how you look at that. Don't do that, so, please. Don't do that. You're gonna go. And, you're gonna go to open. You're gonna be miserable. So yeah, we're all gonna point and laugh at you. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's important to you know. Let's say. Classic, you're more likely to do that. Um, but even in classic, it's pretty rare. And classic is a different division. Uh, and and I, I meant it earlier. If, if if you can, if you know someone who's got a classic gun, they'll loan you. Shoot a match with classic. Um, because you will learn about stage planning. Um, and you'll learn about ammunition management. Uh, you know, with a production gun, three extra rounds for this plan. Can I do it? With a classic gun, what? I've got I've got a, I've got two extra rounds. You mean I'm I've not going to do a slide lock reload? This <laughs> is awesome. I've shot classic play stages where I genuinely never forget a stage. I think it was a 30 round stage and you started empty. So I, you had to load 10 rounds and I ran 10 rounds, reload, 10 rounds, reload, 10 rounds, reload. Um, classic's different. Uh, but but you have to be you have to do that in classic and, and that's why classic you also shoot a classic gun a little bit differently. But I, I see a lot of a lot of guys get in trouble because they try and and I've also seen it with standard guns where you go oh it's okay I've got my twenty round mag for the stage. I've, it's a sixteen round stage I've got my 20, 20 round mag. Those are generally the ones you fuck up the most because you go I don't have to reload. I've got all the bullets. Oh I shot five rounds of that piece of steel and I shot four rounds of that piece of steel. Oh, I don't have all the bullets anymore. Exactly. Uh, I think we've reached that time. We're going to have to. I, I think we've hit pretty much everything that I had on this list. Um, we, we touched on shooting on the move. We'll do it. We'll do an actual show on that. Um, I want to I guess there's two things on there. There was the acceptable risk thing that we didn't really talk about, but I think we sort of indirectly did. Um, take acceptable risks. So take risks where you're okay with a penalty if it doesn't pay off. That doesn't mean take stupid risks. It doesn't mean take uncalculated stuff or I'm going to wing it. Uh, it means do things in the interest of making yourself more competitive and faster and better than everyone else at that particular stage. And that involves some degree of risk, but don't be stupid. I'm I'm going to interrupt you here slightly. I think that's a, a really good topic. And I think that that's a topic we probably should expand on. So maybe what we should do is do a part two of this and, and do that as not just a show. So we can discuss shooting on the move in more detail because that's at least half a show, possibly three quarters of a show. But I think we can definitely expand on that uh, on that acceptable risk thing because I think there's a lot there's a lot to unpack there. I think it, it would do we'd, we'd be doing it a disservice by not uh, giving it a little bit more because I think it's a really good point so, you brought up. So we'll, we'll do another one on that. And then this is the quote that uh, I got from UT. You might have gotten it somewhere else, but is the, you can't win the match on this stage, but you damn sure could lose it. Yeah. Um, and yeah I, I didn't make that up. I, I learned where, that. That's where, uh, and we'll we'll make that part two. That's a, 
that's a very important thing to remember where you're like, I'm just going to stand in this very particular place. I'm going to wang these two rounds at 25 meters doing a 12 split. And that's going to get me the match on this six round stage. No, it's not. But what it is going to do is you're going to lose by 1%. And that 1% is the zero that you got on this stage. So, so either next week or in six months, part two of the show will come out where we'll discuss those things. And more facts have never been spoken. Then <laughs> makes me quarter six months. <laughs> I can guarantee you between one one week and between one and twenty-four weeks from now, you will hear part two of this show. <laughs> and you better look forward to it. <laughs> Bitches. Bitches. Awesome. Thanks, Corn. I think that was an excellent topic. Thanks, Steve. That was fun. Enjoyed that. We even agreed. Fuck. I, I promise not to agree with you next week. Or next, or, or, or in 24 weeks. Now Christmas show. <laughs> yes, exactly. Mm. Fuck. Later, losers. <laughs>